0: Hey everyone, welcome to Savage to Sage, where we explore the evolution of entrepreneurs. In this show, we hear from leaders on the challenges and breakthroughs that have shaped them on their journey toward becoming a Sage. Hey everyone, welcome to the Savage to Sage podcast. We have a special treat today. We have Inez Evans, the president and CEO of IndiGo, and the former COO of VTA and then also of the Sorda Metro as well. Inez, thank you so much for being here.
1: Well, thank you for having me. Looking
0: forward to our discussion today. All right. For those that are not Indiana uh, local, can you tell us a bit about Indigo?
1: (laughs) Indigo. So Indigo is the public transportation organization here in the city of Indianapolis in Indiana. We uh, maintain the bus system. We are the connecting force that moves our city around to get, you know, over millions of people getting from point A to point B to get to work, to school, doctor's appointments, entertainment. We have over 200 buses just on our fixed route side, about 90 on our paratransit side, about 800 employees overall. You know, yeah. Yeah. And getting ready to build a brand new bus garage, building bus rapid transit. I was getting ready to use an acronym or BRT is what we call it. So we have three that we're doing. uh, Red line, which has already been done. Purple line is under construction. And hopefully by next year, this time, we'll already be under construction for the blue line, our third leg in our stool.
0: So you guys are busy. (laughs) Just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And there's a lot that you're managing. And you've been in the transit space for quite some time. Can you tell me a bit more of like kind of what led you to Indigo and everything before that? So you're trying to make me date myself, but I'll confess
1: it. I've been doing this now for 31 years.
0: Those of you who can't
1: see me, I do not look like I've been doing this for 31 years. (laughs) Yeah, I started my career back in Bremerton, Washington, with a transit agency called Kitsap Transit. And I started as a customer service agent. So for anyone who's ever called a transit system and say, hey, how do I get from, you know, something in Meridian to the zoo? I would have been that person you would have called and I would have told you to get on the bus number 18, yada, 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 and what time and how much it would have cost you. So that's how I started 31 years ago. And slowly through that 31 years, I just raised my hand and became a dispatcher, a scheduler. You know, I did ADA coordination, scheduling manager. Then I was able to, you know, become a general manager over time, district manager, you know, a variety of jobs. But I've crisscrossed our great country more times than I care to admit between my military career and transit but i've moved like 18 times
0: no way
1: mover i am professional mover i can move a house in like (laughs) no time flat i have color coding system so you know which room it goes into i'm good at it don't like it but i'm good at it
0: wow wow that's really cool okay 18 times i'm not sure if many people can (laughs) compete with that record Uh, my wife and i like to always say that we're not settled until we're unpacked. So we're really efficient at that. But I think we could do a lot to learn from you and everything that you, you've learned through the years. That's amazing.
1: Well, the truth to unpacking is if you haven't unpacked it in a year or two, then you really didn't need it. So you just need to pick up that box and just take it to the Goodwill or to the trash can, because if you haven't True. looked at it in that time period, you, really, that, you just brought stuff with you that you really didn't need.
0: I love it. What problem are you, are you solving at Indigo and kind of how has that changed in the last you know five to 10 years?
1: What problem are we trying to solve? Um, wow. What problem aren't we trying to solve? I guess <laughs> it's more so. <laughs> but I think you know, for us and I think for, for our city is that public transportation, there wasn't a significant investment in public transportation for, for years. Our budget was at the mercy of others for a number of years. So in 2016, the voters passed a referendum to give dedicated funding towards Indigo on the premise of the creation of a master transit plan, the Marion County Transit Plan to be done, which seeks to increase public transportation to seven days a week, a 70% increase And part of that were the bus rapid transit lines that I I talked about a little bit earlier. So the infrastructure overall in connecting people to places is the problem that we're trying to solve. And in doing so, it creates opportunities for those within our community, better access to jobs and schools and things of that nature. Not everyone has the same ability to have a car parked in their driveway. Because there's an expense that comes along with car ownership, and so when you know public transportation is that great equalizer because not everybody has that eleven thousand dollars plus per year for gas, car payments, auto insurance, et cetera. And then, if you have the environmental aspect you know that's important to you and you want to be an individual who who is helping to reduce the carbon footprint you know, to make this planet better for the next generation, then public transportation is the way to go.
0: Yes. 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 Thank you. That's so helpful. You know, you talked about a second ago about like 31 year journey that you've been on and that you said that you've raised your hand along the way. Okay. Which is very telling and really interesting. But like, as far as like, can you tell me like when you first saw yourself as a leader, was it kind of the, the raising of the hand or was it, you know, a different experience that kind of said, Hey, I can do this. I'm a leader, you know, like I want to challenge myself.
1: I didn't realize it then, but I, I can look back now and reflect when, as I define what a leader is, it's a person who's raising their hand that came during childhood. You know, I faced a lot of adversities as a child. I come from a very storied background of child abuse from my birth mother, then uh, married an individual and just hit the repeat button with domestic violence. So that taught me how to overcome and how to persevere, how to adapt. The military teaches you to adapt and overcome, you know, that there is no problem too great that it cannot be solved. There is a solution there before you. You just have to give yourself time to see it. And so all of those things helped shape. You know, people say, well, you, why didn't you give up? Because when people told me I couldn't do something or I wasn't worth something or I can't, that was a fire for me. I was going to determine to prove you wrong. And so when I left home at 16 years of age and left my birth mother's home, I went to live with family members. And she told me that I can never come home until I graduated high school. Well, I finished Mm -hmm. when I was 17 years old. And then I joined the United States Navy, became a, you know, a lead person there. And and that's, you know, again, I didn't realize that I was leading, but later on, that's what they told me I was doing. So I was like, came natural, I guess.
0: Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. That makes a lot of sense. Just like, hey, I'm going to keep fighting, and I'm not going to listen to whatever's been shared or dumped or you know, crap that's been shared, you know, and just keep on going. That's amazing. That's amazing. Thank you. I
1: think you know, and and it's a different course for everyone. And there were people who had far worse childhoods than I did, you know. But I think I made a conscious decision that I was going to use that fuel to make a bigger fire and not to let it drag me down and hold me down because you can listen to the negativity and you can listen to all of that. I could have easily gone down a different pathway, but instead my fuel was, I was going to prove her wrong. Yeah. I was going to be somebody I was going to prove her wrong. And I did.
0: That's got to feel so good.
1: (laughs) Oh yes. First person in my family to get a bachelor's degree, first person to get his master's degree, you know, and you know I got a little honorary doctorate as well, you know, so I've got beautiful children, grandchildren i, I am blessed beyond measure,
0: yeah, that's amazing
1: and a great husband can't forget my husband, oh my god <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've been blessed with an amazing husband who who supports me
0: in everything. she he listens to the show, he's like, I'm glad you remember, yeah. you remembered me. Oh my God.
1: Well, I heard my ring and it was like, hello, what about him?
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So like what lessons, you know, as you raised your hands, what lessons kind of became core to you? Uh, you talked about like kind of, Figuring out problems, giving yourself space to figure out problems, but like within your leadership, were there some other problems that like, I mean, other like core things that kind of helped you facilitate your leadership to where it is today. That was kind of, that you learned along the way.
1: You know, I think first, you know, having integrity would be number one, if you're going to say it and you're going to promise it, then you got to do it you know be a person that is going to walk the walk that you talk. Individuals know that my word is my bond. You know, if I'm going to stand by something, if I'm going to say this is the right thing to do, that I've done my necessary research, I'm standing by it. So, being a person of integrity and that comes from that honor code from the military as well. That, you know, we we're we're honor bound to protect and defend and so I, I come from a strong military family. My my father was military as well. And they became my family. And that code um, means a lot to me. And so I bring that same mindset here into the office. And I'm often sent telling them, okay, we got to adapt. We got to pivot. We got to overcome. Come on, there's a solution out there. We can do this. We can do this. That we are solution bound. That, you know, we can have a problem but let's start looking for the solution. And so folks know they come into the office if they if they if they state the problem, I'm waiting for them to say, "But I believe I figured out how we can move forward, Ms. Evans. Okay, let's get to it." And and all the other things that I I talked to you about, it just, you know, before, it, you know, it 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 just means a lot to me when being honest and having integrity is is everything to me. I I just I know it sounds simple and, and it is simple. So I don't know why it's so hard for some people
0: just to have, be a person of integrity. Mm. You know, typically like when people are in leadership realms, there's a lot of, there's a lot of high demand, uh, just a lot of attention, you know, that, you know, people are trying to ask for your attention. There's a lot of output that you have to do as a leader within an organization. I mean, you listed off the amount of things that Indigo is doing. And I'm just like, I'm tired of just like, you know, like, I can't even imagine managing or leading that, you know, kind of deal. And so one of the things that we've seen as we've talked to leaders is that like burnout, taking care of yourself is an important thing. How do you intentionally kind of say, hey, I'm going to take care of myself so I can best lead my team? Is there, is there things that you do that kind of help you out in that, in that realm? I do home improvement projects. <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that is my stress reliever. I I, I will tear down a wall, do tile projects. Uh, and I am the worst person about self-care. My team for Christmas bought me a day at the spa. And they all looked at me and said, and we're going to hold you to going. Because I'm always busy, worried about everybody else. You know, how are you doing? How's your family? How's your kids? How's this? How's that? And I never really take time to worry about myself. Because to me, I have 800 people that I am responsible for. And Inez is not 801, you know, and I I look at it in that order that everyone else comes before me. And if there's a little bit of time and maybe I do a mani and a pedi oh, okay. But if I don't, I got nail stuff at home. I can do it myself. Um, but home improvement projects are probably my number one. And then I love music and I will just, you know, sing my, in my head or something. And but that's how I cope with stress and stuff like that. But I find that, and it sounds corny, but I find that I stress less when I'm caring for other people. Yeah, I love to see joy on other people's faces. It warms my heart because I think that's what we're put here for. And as a servant leader, that's where my joy comes from. Yes.
0: Yeah, so there's actually fuel and giving out and
1: exactly. kind of,
0: yeah, there's actually, that actually creates fulfillment, life, those types of things. Yeah. That makes yep. tons of sense
1: makes me totally happy to see other people happy. So,
0: yeah. Awesome. Okay. Uh, big question nowadays, you know, when you're thinking about building your team's culture, how do you go about finding, you know, you, the 800 employees that you serve, that you lead, how do you go about doing that?
1: You know, it's, it's, it's not easy to be honest, because, you know, it's almost like a marriage. You know, you, you got to find those people who compliment you. And so what I do is I look at what skills, I know this sounds weird, but what skills am I lacking? You know, and I look for those who can augment me in those areas. And then I look for those who can compliment me in other areas. And then you, you pilverage really good people from other places. (laughs) So I'm I I listen and learn, you know, when you're at these conferences and, and I know I hate to send my own people sometimes to these conferences because somebody may be listening to them and wanting to steal them from me, but like two of my staffers, I stole from the city. You know, my chief of marketing communications, Leslie Gordon, I met her at my first speaking engagement here in Indianapolis, my first speaking engagement. I ran into her, she made a point to come and speak to me. We spoke for maybe 10 minutes. And when we were done, I turned to the person and I said, I want her on the team. I want her, do whatever it takes to get her on the team. And she didn't come over as the chief. We were able to convince her to come over to join us in this fabric of changing Indianapolis. And now she's progressed up to be the chief of the department. Because I could see that she was that next generation. And so I also look for those who have that same fire. Because what we do, you know, we're, we're public employees. We're, we're, we're servant leaders. We, I want folks who are passionate about what we do, that this is not a job. That's hard to translate in an interview sometimes. So what I always tell folks that people are always interviewing when you're around me. I'm always looking. I'm always listening. I'm always seeking out. You know, I stole one of the folks that worked with me at VTA in San Jose. I was like, hey, you know, (laughs) you ever thought about going back east? I know you're from there. You're accustomed to the cold. Um, You want to come back? And he came on with me, you know. But you also need to assess what's broken and what's not broken. You know, a couple of the staff members, I love them. And um, they fit right in. I think you you go for the individuals that are, like I said, going to complement uh, Denise Jenkins-Eggers, who's our chief of people. She came from Florida, where we were, we were friends. Uh, I don't even want to tell you how long I've known her. But I was looking for someone who could help bring that energy to change the culture, that excitement. She always has a smile on her face, and she's always greeting everyone, you know. Jennifer, stole from the private sector. She had worked on one of our contracts before. I'm like, man, she's an engineer. You know, she's from here. And I kind of said, don't you want to be driving down the street one day and point to those stations and tell your kids, mommy built that? And she was like, you got me there. <laughs> so, you know, so... You you gotta you kinda have to draw the people who have a common, that same common goal, that kind, that same mission um that you're on. And and I and we have a great team that are doing it. Matter of fact, I stole three people. I missed one. Bart, my CFO, came from the city as well. And and Cam Radford, I stole him from the city. So I stole a lot of the city's really great people, and they're now part of my awesome team.
0: But it's clear, like you have a captivating mission, and you want to bring people on board.
1: That's right. Want folks that who are excited. We have fun here. I mean, we changed we changed the dress code because I wanted folks to be comfortable here and and not feel so utilitarian. You know, we don't have to be quote unquote governmental in the building. You know, I walk around half the time in my sneakers because. That's what I want to do, and that's the environment you know that I try to set here, and my team also translates that. So um, we have a good time. It's a good team. It's
0: a great team. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, typically what happens is that, you know it's like kind of like what you've shared, right? You hey, I want to look at myself, which I think is incredibly good and healthy, and then figure out what is kind of missing what the organization needs. Something that has been interesting for me is that like kind of leaders that will let their employees kind of inform them in a sense, like, Hey, like I get to learn this piece about me from my employees. Like, is there ways that your employees kind of inform you as a leader? I think they do One, I have an open
1: door policy. So it's, it's surprising how many people will just, one, it's surprising how many people are intimidated to come knock on the CEO's door. Especially, like I said, I walk around in sneakers because I don't want to be intimidating at all. I go out on the floor and I think that is different. I'm that different of a leader. I don't manage from my office and I encourage my, all of my executives to not manage from their office. Because if they won't come to me, I need to go to them. And it is those casual conversations that I'll have in a break room or standing by uh, a bus mechanics uh, in their bay while they're working on a bus. And I just say, how are things going? You know, is there anything you need? Is there anything? And and slowly they will open up and they will kind of tell you, oh, you know what? It would be helpful if we had some more docking stations with computers because we're wasting about 30 minutes to go up there and to the parts counter to get parts. Okay, let me work on that. And then you fix it. Hey, can we get some paint? Can we get this? And so, you know, I count on my leaders to do those things, but sometimes, you know, coming to me, it's first. I get anonymous notes. I will say I get anonymous notes, and people tell me great things. People tell me it's not so nice things sometimes. I want to hear the good, the bad, and the ugly because that's only way we can change as an organization and to be stronger. So, you got to you got to keep your ear to the ground and if you expect people to come to you that ain't going to happen. You got to go out there on the floor and engage, folks.
0: I love it. I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, so a couple of other questions like overall highlights as you think about your career and as you know you as a leader, what is kind of something that you've learned, you know, there's tons of things that you've learned, but what is something that like sticks out to you that you've learned? as you've grown as a leader throughout these years?
1: I think what that I, I can survive things. We, we do have ups and downs. Some of them are by our own doings and, and some of them are not by our own doings, but that you can survive and you can persevere and that you don't have to stand alone. And it's okay as a leader to lean on others. You know, there are times when, you know, I just sit here and I'm like, what the hey <laughs> you know <and laughs> i'm like you know i'm like you're checking off things in your head like i've done this i've done this i've done this and you know da da. da, da. and then your team comes in and they say sign you've done everything you can do we we you, you didn't do anything wrong you need sometimes that reassurance from someone else you know that it's okay and that's when i lean on them you know because as leaders Everybody's usually leaning on us. We take on the weight of the world onto our shoulders, and so what I've learned is that I don't have to carry that
0: weight all by myself. Hmm, that's good and almost counterintuitive in a sense.
1: Yeah, I think it's maybe a stronger
0: leader. Like, I mean, like if you're like if you're like I want to be a good leader, it's like you want to like you want to be the one to shoulder. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's almost honor in shouldering everything. But to be able to kind of let it go a little bit, like, you know, there's a little bit of humanity that's got to like pierce through in a sense, you know? Yeah,
1: I mean, but it goes back to the old adage. If I'm shouldering everything, then I've created an eye syndrome and individualism, right? And what is that old adage? That there is no I in team. And so if you truly are operating underneath that philosophy then you have to have others who are helping to shoulder and carry some of that burden along with you. Mm -hmm. Again, walk the walk.
0: Yeah, that's really good. If you were to say like, hey, there's somebody that's like, I don't know if I'm a leader or I'm thinking that I could potentially be a leader. What advice would you give to a leader that's like just starting out?
1: So one, know your voice. Understand what your truth is because you need to walk in your truth. You need to understand what your values are. And for me, don't take no for an answer. Love it. (laughs) I love it. No, if I took no for an answer, I wouldn't be here. If, if if, If I allowed people to tell me, no, you can't, I would not be here today. Yeah. So don't take no for an answer.
0: I love it. Anise. thank you so much.
1: You're very welcome.
0: For this conversation. If, you know, people wanted to get in contact with your team, know more about Indigo, things that are there, what's the best way for them to contact your organization?
1: Uh, LinkedIn. I am on LinkedIn. So look for my profile at Inez uh, Evans at Indigo. So I'm there and just, you know, send me a a request and we can sit and chit chat.
0: Cool. Inez, thank you so, so much for this time. And um, I really appreciate it. It was just so good to hear all the sage advice that you had to offer for our viewers. So thank you. No,
1: thank you. And I appreciate it and all the best.
0: Thank you for listening to today's interview. To view show notes or hear more episodes, please visit www.savagetosage.com.